welcome to episode two of Make Disciple Makers, where we seek to teach and obey all Jesus commanded. Now, I'm Alec, joined here with my co-hosts, Ryan and Brooke. And if you were one of the um, few people outside of our moms and dads that downloaded (laughs) episode one and gave it a listen, you will notice that um, we did not have a name for the podcast (laughs) when we recorded the first one. Um, We spent literally weeks uh, trying to figure it out, trying to, you know, we went back and forth on what to name it, and we had a lot of ideas, and then we ended up just not saying anything. Um, so now we, we have a name and, uh, and we're really excited about it. Um, Amen. yeah. Any, any other comments <laughs> that, that you guys would like to offer before we yeah, get started? I just, we needed to address that elephant in the room that we didn't even talk about the name or why we were doing the podcast on the first episode, um, <laughs> of our podcast. So now, you know, we have a name, but now you know why we didn't talk about it on the first episode. Yeah. Make Disciple Makers. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, talk a little bit about why we chose that name and what, I mean, what's what's the emphasis and why would we, you know, our student ministry, why would, why would we want that to be what we're all about? Yeah, well, that's coming straight from uh, Robbie Gallaty um, out of Nashville. And he always says, and I love it, he said that, that we should strive to make Jesus's last words our first priority Mm. and his last words were the great commission. And it was uh, to go out and to make disciples teaching them all I've commanded. And um, that's what we're about. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not about, you know, we're trying to, to make something where we come in and we sit and we soak and then we move on, but that we are disciples ourselves. And just as we have been discipled, now we want to go out and to disciple others mm-hmm. so that they may go out to mm-hmm. disciple others. And that is how the kingdom advances. Yeah. And we want this podcast to be a tool to to see that happen um, because we believe that the word of God is authoritative for us and it speaks to every area of our life and has something to say. So that's what we're going to seek to do um, as we take up different topics uh, week after week and address different things when we want to bring the word to God to bear on it. Um, so last week, uh, we talked about anxiety, and um, this week we're going to take up sort of another heavier topic and and talk about depression. And um, recently we heard, uh, we had a, a counselor come in and, and speak to our staff. It was really good. And, um, and, and this guy said that Anxiety and depression are two sides of the same coin, mm. uh, which was which was really interesting. A lot of times they go they they really go hand in hand. So we we thought that this would be uh, a good one to to take up um, and and kind of address. Um, so we want to give a caveat here at the beginning um, and and uh, and say from the outset that we are not medical doctors. Um, and we are not here to diagnose you um, in, in your um, specific circumstance or, or situation. So, um, Brooke, let, I'm going to let you speak a little, to that a little bit more. Yeah, I just, we definitely want to make that clear um, that, like, depression is a complex subject um, because we're complex human beings mm-hmm. living in a broken world. 
Um, and so certainly there are physical, uh, medical symptoms, um, but we can't ever say that it's solely physical because we are spiritual human beings. You mm. just, you cannot separate us as humans. It is not body and, and soul, um, but we are, we are one. Um, and so we just wanted to say that up front that we're not doctors, but you can't, you can't separate the two either. Yeah. Um, it's a spiritual and bodily affliction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that we are a psychosomatic union? Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what yeah, I'm you trying to, to say. a really nerdy theological the, term. Systematic theology too, <laughs> right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just finished that I'm class. Sorry. Amen. Um, so, so this, um, uh, th- this is a, an area that, um, matters for a lot of people. A lot of people experience it in different ways at different times, um, and, and this specifically, we're talking about depression. We're talking about, there's a, it's often described and, and I'll let you guys speak to it a little bit too. There's it's almost like there's a cloud that won't lift or there's a darkness, uh, that just won't seem to go away. There, there's something that's kind of, it's almost indescribable that the feelings that, that people that are experiencing depression describe, um, and, and so it matters that we address it because we, we see um, these experiences throughout Scripture, and, and we're going to get there, but we see people in our own lives and even us personally have experienced it as well, so that's why we want to take it up. I want to I wanna give you guys an opportunity to speak maybe about um, where you have seen it or experienced it in your own um, personal life. Yeah, so my... Well, really, right before my senior year of high school, um, I that's that whole summer, uh, I really was off, if you will. Um, but I was in some state of denial um, where I, I thought I was fine. Um, and then really, it was my mom, and I'm so thankful that she cares enough to to step into issues that aren't easy to step into. Um, but she noticed that I was, was not myself. Uh, there was something that was wrong um, that I was not willing to admit to. Um, and she finally, you know, she had the conversation with me and said, hey, like, I think that you might be depressed. And I just remember thinking, I don't know about that. Um, but it was almost a, a relief that someone just said it out loud and I was able mm-hmm. to say, yeah, I, I think so. And so uh, through a series of things, I ended up, you know, seeing a doctor and I was diagnosed with clinical depression. And I just remember just bawling in that chair um, and thinking, how, how did I get here? <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the time, you know, just as a high schooler, I was like, Christian people don't, this doesn't happen to Christian people. Mm. Like I'm supposed to be the happy go lucky girl that mm. like loves Jesus and has it all together and perfect on the outside and all the stuff. Um, and so that was my experience and I did not talk about it with anyone for a, for a long time because I myself had so many misconceptions about it that I knew other people did too. Mm. I thought they wouldn't understand I thought I would be judged, and so I kept that to me and myself and I and my mother uh, for a long time until I finally, you know, 
was open enough and really it's because someone cared enough to ask me how I was doing and I gave up the the front that I always did oh yeah I'm fine I'm good and he said no really how are you doing and then I just broke down because I realized he actually wanted to know and then I found so much freedom in sharing what I had been walking through. Um, and I did, you know, I was put on medication and it, it took a, a long time to get the right one and the right dosage and, and that kind of thing. But once they did, I, I mean, I was like a different person. I mean, I was back to what I felt like was myself. Um, and so medication did make a difference in, in my personal uh walk in season with depression. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was hard. I went to counseling and, uh, I really learned the value in vulnerability and opening up to people and Mm -hmm. allowing people to step into my life and feed God's truth to me. Even when I didn't, uh, when I wasn't necessarily believing it for myself, but I learned the value in community and opening up about my story And now, you know, however many years later this is, I've gotten to share my story with countless people, and the Lord has used my walk with it um, in order to minister to others. And so really thankful for it, Um, you know, looking back now. And I I did, I I came off of medication my my junior year of college, um, and I haven't necessarily struggled with depression since really... I want to say my, my senior year of high school. Um, but that was kind of my story. Um, and so it, it will always be a part of my story. And I'm so thankful for it and that the Lord showed me how he uses those broken places in our lives uh, for his glory um, because he just used it in countless ways. And so that is, that's my experience uh, with it. Wow. That's really good. Don't um, there. There is a lot in there that we'll we'll kind of dig mm-hmm. into um, in a lot of our application of, of scripture. Um, yeah, Ryan, I'm going to give you a chance to share as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was uh, debating on doing this or not, um, and so my 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 goal in this is is to show because I'll back up. It's it's not it's not seen as very manly to have depression, um, which I was diagnosed with in my mid twenties. Um, however, I've known I've had it since I was a teenager. Um, you know, I, I kept thinking, man, what's wrong with me? Why why don't other people react to things the way that I do? Should I not react that way? And so I would hide it, and you know, it's you know, or or people would say, hey, man, you you know, like you know, you're a teenager, just wait till you get older, it'll get better. Um, as if, as if our time or age or acting like it's not there is going to fix it. Um, and so, you know, I became a Christian when I was 21, surrendered my life to the Lord. Uh, he saved me out of that. And I was very surprised when I still struggled with it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, why am I still wrestling with this? Mm-hmm. Why is this still a thing? Um, and it's oh well, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not being positive enough, or I don't have enough Jesus, and you know, and, and you try to do all these, you try to think all these things, and and yet still, I, I found myself finally um, in a room talking with a professional and 
to where they finally told me, Brian, you have depression. And I kind of went, dang it. (laughs) I know. Like, I I wish this wasn't it. Because now it's like, wait a minute, does Christianity not work? Like, does Jesus not work? And it's like, no, 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 that's that's not it at all. It's, it's, It's different than that. And... Um, and so same thing offered medication and it helped, but the person also let me know like, Hey, even though this medication helps, they're not your savior. These things, they're not going to save you. Don't put your hope in this. This is simply a gift from God, um, to help you. That's offered. If every good and perfect gift comes down from the father above, then these things here are offered to you as a gift, which should produce gratitude in your heart back to him, um, which it did. And I, I don't really like sharing that a lot um, because of, well, that's on me. I mean, th- that's maybe call it the society or the culture that I grow up in, but I really need to get over that um, because I'm not the only one. And whether my society or my own, you know, lies that I allow that tell me, hey, you know, that's not manly. Like you were in basketball and a football player, you had a lot of friends, like, you're not wrestling with depression. You just need to get over it. Like, um, what are you not grateful enough for everything the Lord's given you? How can you be, how could you be struggling with this? And it's just going, okay, this is the way the Lord made me and I don't understand it, but I trust him and I trust him, um, on the bad days and I trust him on the good days. But in the end, he is my answer and he is my hope and he is what I look to. Mm-hmm. Love it. We're getting real people. <laughs> um, yeah. So good, and um, so as you can hear and see, we've all had different experiences and have had people in our lives go through periods and battle with with depression, and so it's real, and that's why we want to address it. Um, So we want to take a little turn now, and we want to open up the scriptures and see what the Bible has to say, and we want to be clear from the outset. at least in the English Standard Version, you're not going to see the word depression in the Bible. Um, But we are going to see in many different areas throughout the Psalms and and even some descriptors descriptors of what Jesus has gone through, some deep sorrow, um, and really the range of human emotion um, can be found in, in the Psalms. So we can take those principles and that understanding and, um, and, and apply it to our lives and, and take a lot of the, the biblical truths that we know um, and, and apply them here, and, and that's really going to um, aid us and, and guide us as we, as we seek to address this topic biblically. So the first one um, that we want to look to is Psalm 42, and I, and I have it open here, so I'll, just, I'll, I'll read a bit of it and then, and then make one little comment. Um, but the psalmist says in verse 3 of, of Psalm 42, it says, My tears have been my food day and night. So if you've ever experienced um, some deep sorrow and sadness where you could describe your experience as the only food you've had is your own tears, that is, that is some serious... Um, sadness and, and darkness that the psalmist is is describing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is what we see, and we see him saying that he pours out his soul. And then down in verse 5, um, 
I love this, and and we'll take a second to talk about this, is why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise his name, my salvation in my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. So what we see here is um, the psalmist almost talking to himself. And mm-hmm. there's this idea that, that we like to say that we like to preach to ourselves. We remind ourselves, we speak the truths that we know to be true to ourselves. Um, and, and that's what we see the, the psalmist doing here. So it's good practice. We see somebody in the, in the depths of sorrow, what we might call depression today, and he is um, speaking to his own soul and, and reminding himself of who God is and his, is really pleading with God and, and telling God, I'm, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to make it through this, even though my tears have been my food day and night. Any more comments about, about Psalm 42? Yeah, I, I love that he's real about his emotion. Yeah. And that, that is raw emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, as he's writing this down, he didn't go, oh, well, you know, I overreacted. You know, let me change those words. No, this is his real reaction. And he knows that his God is listening to him just as God listens to us. Yeah. And he, he, he says that out loud. And then he, just like, just like you said, he follows it up with truth. Mm-hmm. And he starts literally preaching to himself and reminds him of the only truth that could possibly bring him out of where he is right now. Last thing about this, the, the psalm, which is a song or a poem um, that, is, that is written here, um, he really ends in the same way. It says at the end in verse 11, Why are you cast down on my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise his name, my salvation and my God. So we don't end with, um, we don't end with a real like triumphant happy mm-hmm. note here, do we? It's, right. it's another plea and another reminder about who God is and a call to say, I am going to praise my God even though I'm in the midst of this darkness. Right. Um, we don't see the light here in Psalm 42. It doesn't come. Uh, yet we still see the the psalmist um, praising God in the midst of the darkness, which I think mm. is a good lesson for those of us who might be in a season of that darkness, uh, what we would, might call depression, um, that we can still cry out to God. He still hears us. Yeah. Still remind yourself of the truths that you know to be true about who God is. Tell him that you are still going to worship and praise him no matter what. Um, and even at the end of that prayer, if you don't see the light, he's, he's still, he's still there and he's still good. Yeah. And I think we see that in Psalm 40 verses one through four says, uh, say, yep, (laughs) says, say, um, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. So a few things about this is one, I mean, he's waiting. Like he is waiting. Um, But while he is waiting, you know, he's saying, okay, the Lord hears me. And I think that's just a comfort on its own that we're not crying out to, to darkness um, but that God actually hears us. Um, and it says he drew me up from the pit. Like you can't go any further down, you know, than the pit itself. 
but he set my feet upon a rock, which is what we need. We need to be set on, on, firm, on a firm foundation, right? Like we need to know that we are, are secure. Um, and that's what the Lord does for us, even when we feel like we can't, you know, we can't, we can't do it for ourselves. And sometimes we don't feel like, you know, calling out to the Lord or believing in his promises. Um, but his truth, you know, is what we have to, like you said, preach to ourselves because our feelings we can't trust our feelings, mm-hmm. you know. We can trust the Lord um, in His Word, and so I love that. Um, Psalm fifty six eight says, "You have kept count of my tossings; put my tears in your bottle. Are mm. they not in your book?" And once again, just that promise that God sees you, God knows you, and God loves you, and God is with you. Psalm twenty three. You should just read the whole thing, but <laughs> verse four says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So once again, just that promise that like even when we are in like what feels like a place where we can't see the light, mm-hmm. um, he's with us, and, and that's what we get to cling to, that promise. Yeah, that's something that um, I can't remember where I heard it first, but it's been stuck kind of in my head. Um, And it's the reality that in the midst of difficult times, whether we're talking about depression or or really any other difficulty, but specifically in this, um, there is hope in knowing that God has a plan. Right, we we can trust that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, if we want to use that cliche. That that is true. That 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 can be the source of some hope, but that doesn't really that doesn't really help me right now in the midst of uh, darkness or right. depression that I'm going through. That because I don't see the light, so I'm stuck in this darkness. What do you What do you want me to do? Um, so there, there is, there is. We can take some hope in the fact that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and that that God has a plan in the end. That's true, but the real source of comfort and joy is God is with us in the darkness, mm. and He's with us in the pain. And that's what Psalm twenty three is saying. That I mean, that's what the the Psalms are are testifying to is that God is with us in the darkness, and that's really where. That's really where the hope and the comfort can come from, knowing that God is with us and He is at work in it um, throughout the whole process. Not ju- He's not just waiting at the end, saying, "All right, come on, you're almost there." Right. No, He He's He's holding right. us hand in hand through the darkness right. and is walking us to that light. And that's a big difference, I think, um, when we understand that the Lord is with us in it. That kind of changes our whole perspective. Yeah. Um, so any other, any other scriptures, Brooke, that you had, um, written down that you wanted to read or, or Ryan, anything else that, um, that you wanted to speak to before we kind of move on to a couple more, like just a couple application points and then we'll, we'll be wrapping up. Yes. Uh, well, Psalm 51, 12, once again, just basically just read all of the Psalms. Um, but <laughs> Like, restore to me the joy of your Mm. salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So I think, once again, you just see this, that, like, we can't 
we can't, we can't do this for ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even feel like asking God to do it. Um, but here you see how, you know, once again, David's just like, okay, you can do this. So like you can restore to me the joy of my salvation. Like you can uphold me when I feel like I cannot do this, when mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, everything around me is crumbling or whatever. And this is what we have to cling to, like I said, that it is the Lord that can restore us. It is the Lord that is upholding us and sustaining us. Um, And I just like find that it's just a huge encouragement when you feel hopeless, when you feel this deep sense of hopelessness, um, that we're not left alone in that by Mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. The Lord is with us Mm -hmm. in it. Um, That's so good. He's the one that's doing the work. It's it's not, hey, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of thing. It's God is the one doing the work. Um, That's so good. I I had a a couple that I'll just mention. Um, Isaiah 53.3, which is um, um, looking forward to Jesus, and it's uh, a, a servant song. It says that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. It's a description of who Jesus is, um, a man of sorrows. He, he is a man of sorrows, and he is acquainted with grief. Acquaintance, like a friend, mm. like mm. like uh, grief, sadness, sorrow, was a friend of Jesus. He knows what it's like mm. um, to go through difficulty and, and, and pain. That's in Isaiah 53. And then um, we also see Jesus in, in Matthew 26, uh, verse 37, while he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, it says, in, in talking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Um, so we see a tremendous amount of anguish and pain and sorrow from Jesus, um, knowing and understanding what he's about to endure um, on on the cross, and he says, "My my soul is sorrowful even unto death." So, um, the, the passage that, that says we don't we don't have a high priest that's unable to sympathize with us. We we know that Jesus has been through um, the depths of of sorrow and and pain, um, mm-hmm. and and has conquered and and came through it, um, and and that's who we follow, and that's who we are united to. Um, by faith, so there's there's tremendous uh, comfort and strength in in Jesus's example as well. Yeah, and it's like it just reminds me of, of everybody's favorite uh, memory verse, which is John eleven thirty five. Mm-hmm. Jesus wept. Yes, right. That's the you line. can say Nailed that it. you now have memorized scripture today yes. with Jesus wept, and I, and I and I I think you know it's, we laugh about it. It's 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 funny. It's simple, yet it's so profound. Yeah. God, as a man, we see him throughout in his life and prophesied about, just like you talked about in Isaiah, written hundreds of years before he even showed up on the earth. And he's a man of sorrows. And it makes you think sometimes, like, he's God, and he knows the end, and yet he still feels very deeply like he felt for his friend Lazarus and he wept over this the, over the sins and and the destruction that that the sin was bringing to the people and like he knows he's not like you said he's not waiting on the shore for you to to 
pull the boat through the storm and then we can talk, bud. It's He's in the boat during the storm with you. Mm-hmm. And he's right there and he knows what it's like. And man, you nailed it on the head with um, him being in the darkness with you. That is the greatest reminder. Yes, yeah. I know he has a plan, but what about right now? Mm-hmm. Right now, he's right there. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's shift and, and start to to land the plane a, a little bit here we could i think we could talk for hours and just encourage one another with with these scriptures but let's um brooke give us uh give us a couple maybe kind of practical application points what what do we what what should we do what can we do um moving moving forward yes uh first let truth reign in your heart and mind and not your feelings um, if you're depressed, you're, you're probably not going to feel very close to God. You might right. not feel like he's present or mm-hmm. with you. Um, you might not feel like he cares. You might not feel like he's faithful. Um, but those, that's the point. Those are feelings, right? Yeah. And so we have to rely on the truth of God's word. And the truth is that he is faithful. He does love you and he is with you. And Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like that is the promise that we get to cling to. And so um, first I think that's what we need is that we don't need our feelings yeah. When we are walking through that. That's so um, not culturally acceptable to say what we just said, yes. by the way. What the world is going to tell you is follow your heart, listen to your feelings, do what, you know, right. whatever you feel is who you are and whatever you feel is what's true. And we're saying the absolute opposite of that. Um, the Bible says that your heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. It's going to lie to you. Your feelings are not what's true. We need somebody else and something else to tell us what is true. Um, and that's what we find in the scriptures. So Yeah, and, and we would say that, that we're not saying your feelings don't matter, right? Because yeah. our, our feelings, the Lord gives us those. We're made in his image, so we feel things like sadness and all these other ones. Um, but those are more of indicators. The, the, that's... That should not be what guides us, because if that's what guides us, man, we're all over the map, as we see all the time in culture. But our feelings are going to be more of our indicators, like if you drive and there's a light that comes up on the dashboard and it's saying, hey, you need gas or, hey, you need more uh, air in your tires. Or, or sometimes it's just like, hey, you need to just pull this thing over <laughs> um, and, and go get it checked out. Those are our indicators. Um, but again, we, we bring that car, we bring ourselves to truth and we go, okay, no, this is what I need. And this, um, this is, is preeminent. This is number one over Mm -hmm. those feelings. So those matter, but it's in the end, God's truth prevails. Right. The second one I would say is let, let your people in. Um, Mm. We need each other. We need community. Yeah. And I can tell you right now that when I was walking through that, my senior year, I felt very alone because I did not let anyone in. I had a smile on the outside at school while I was crumbling on the inside. Um, and until, you know, it was, it was Jeff Skipper. It was my, my high school pastor at the time actually asked me how I was doing and I 
told him the truth, that's when I felt freedom mm. um, and bringing that into the light and letting other people in on that afterwards. Mm. And so, yes, you need people. Don't like we're not meant to walk through this alone. Um, and nobody thrives in isolation. That's yeah. just not how we were created. Yeah. Uh, another one. Counseling. Go to counseling. Um, find a, like a biblical counselor, or go to your pastor, or you know whoever, and talk about it and help. Like they will help you see God's truth, and they will help you um, just shed light on your situation from you know the Word of God. Um, we need that, and I mean I recommend counseling to every person I run into um, because. There are so many uh, stigmas uh, around counseling right. in that, oh, that's for crazy people or that's for when I have a breakdown or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, just, man, talking about it with someone that loves Jesus and cares about you, uh, yes, you need that. Mm-hmm. So that and then last, <laughs> the last thing seems very uh, simple, but like get outside, like do something and... Uh, I, yeah, get get some sun. Just like walk around the block, you know. Mm. Like it, it really. What what was the thing you were telling me about John Piper? Do the next thing. Yeah, he said when when depression hits, do when depression won't lift, do the next thing. Hmm. Right. So, open the door and and walk outside. Um, you know, I don't know, play with your dogs or you know something. Work out. Um, go play basketball. Yeah. Go to the park. Mm-hmm. You know. Put yourself out in God's nature since all of his nature points back to his glory and, rem- mm-hmm. and reminds you of who he is and that he's so much bigger than what else is than whatever's going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because once again, I can think back to my senior year and I, I what I wanted to do was hole up in my room, which was the opposite of normal me yeah. where I want to be around people and without and doing all the things. Uh, but I wanted to hole up in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, my mom, all right, let's go on a walk. Let's, you know, which is once again, that ties in the one before we need our people. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, one more thing that I would put in there that's really helped me and this was totally not me, uh, but was journaling. Um, you know, and, and that's, that has really, really helped me put my thoughts down on paper because sometimes I can be anxious or depressed or overwhelmed with what it is because I can't even remember all of the things that I'm upset about. And it's like it's jumbling in my head and I can't focus on it. But if I can just get it down on paper and then just start writing and just go, there's just this relief afterwards of going, okay, like that's it right there. Mm-hmm. And what what's really cool is I'm able to look back in my journal of things six months, a year, two years ago, whatever it is, things that I felt that were so daunting, so overwhelming, like they had control, and now they're not even the thing for me anymore. And so I get to look back and see God's faithfulness through it all. Because when you're in it, sometimes it feels like forever. Yeah. Yet God is faithful through it all. Yeah, he is faithful. He's with us. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I just want to say this last thing, because I don't, I don't know that we said it up front. Maybe we did. But just there is, I just got to say this, there's a large spectrum when it comes to depression. And I think all of us have seen it come in different forms. 
of where it is, you know, a season of, of darkness for some people. And then some people will wrestle with it their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's everything in between. But regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, we still need the hope of God and his promises. And so that's what we wanted to bring to you today. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, I hope you've enjoyed episode two, and um, we are going to do a follow-up episode to this one and uh, and kind of talk about an, the other side and some questions that you guys have asked about how do we, how do we help a brother or sister um, who is walking through this? How can we come alongside, and, and what does that look like? So that's what we'll take up next week. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to Make Disciple Makers. We will see you soon. Adios. Adios.